We would take orders like the day before, and then we would spend that whole day prepping. But again, there's like four people living in our house, and our poor roommates, we were like, no one open the fridge. Because like, it, it was already, it's so hot, it's summer. Um, like anything that wasn't essential was out of the fridge. So like everyone just had like warm beer that entire summer. We were like, beer on ice is actually kind of nice. <laughs> From Vermont Center for Emerging Technologies, it's Start Here, a podcast sharing the stories of active, aspiring, and accidental entrepreneurs. Today, we sit down with Abby Portman, co-founder of Poppy Cafe in Burlington's Old North End, purveyor of the best sandwiches in town. Welcome, this is Sam Roach-Gerber and Dave Bradbury, recording from the Consolidated Communications Technology Hub in downtown Burlington, Vermont. Abby Portman, hello. Hello. Abby's in the house. Welcome, welcome. Abby, what a freaking treat this is. Oh, God. We are so happy you're here. Me too. I'm already having a blast. And you brought sandwiches. I did. That's kind of my love language. So. I mean, you. this is why we're friends, That's I think. so perfect. I, I wish I can have her dinner, I guess. There you go. Yeah. Oh, you were regretting not taking a I bite. I was regretting yeah. having an earlier lunch. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I believe in the hobbits, like second lunch, first dinner second kind of thing. Can- yeah. Abby, what's Poppy? Tell us, what makes your sandwiches special? Poppy is a sandwich shop in the Old North End. Um, What makes them special? We do a lot of vegetarian sandwiches. We do kind of, we try to push the boundary of what a sandwich can be. (sighs) Music to my ears. Why are we so in a box with sandwiches, you it's know? Great, especially vegetarian sandwiches. Yeah. It's kind of like, here's all of the condiments for the other sandwiches and maybe hummus. Yeah, if you're feeling crazy. Oh, so you're making those options like totally less boring or predictable. Love exactly. it. Love it. Um, how'd you end up in Vermont? Uh, I went, well, I'm originally from New Jersey. I went to college in Colorado and then... Um, my brother went to school at Middlebury, and he had moved up here uh, right after he had graduated. And then my sister went to grad school here. And then I was getting really jealous watching them hang out together. And uh, that brother being John Portman, another uh, notorious uh, Burlington entrepreneur. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Eh, that's going to get to his head. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll edit that part Missy out. John, we'll edit that come back. Out. So a little FOMO with the siblings really led you here. Yeah, and well, then I spent one summer here. um, Mm, That'll do it. Yeah, really tricked me into moving here. And what, like, you know, Abby at school in Colorado, like, what was your goal? What what did you go to school for? Did you know? Um, So I had created my own major at school um, for sustainable food systems and social policy, and... Basically, I felt like there was, for, I really wanted to study food and I wanted to focus on food, but um, I felt like it was more important to do that holistically um, between a lot of different departments because I feel like food kind of spans so many different uh, departments within education. And so I um, created my own and did that, which was... Very fun and is rarely taken seriously, so that's great. <laughs> oh, that sucks. <laughs> but you're right; it touches so much, right? It's yeah. I, you know, I, my my uh, father-in-law teaches a lot around sustainability and food stuff, and it's some his students go on to do the coolest things because 
you can apply it to so much and it's you know it's political it's cultural it's you know health it's everything yeah um it's basically a lens to look at all of these different issues, which was really fun for me, and I felt like it gave me a very like diversified look at food systems in general, um, and I really enjoyed it. And then for like a study abroad, I just farmed, which was great. Love that. Where? Uh, I did um, a month in Cambodia, and a month I went then was in Italy for almost two months for their grape harvest, and then Tanzania. Boom. That's how you do it. God, I want to do I it know. over again. Right? Right. So let's talk a little bit about the Portmans and food, because I think that's a big part of, obviously, what you went to school for, opening Poppy. Like, what was, what's your sort of family food history? Um, so I, our family's Italian Jewish, so it's like a lot of... Food, food culture. Yeah. Totally. A lot of guilt. <laughs> um, and we just, Emily and I, like, really just were extremely interested in food from the start. Um, and kind of over time started doing, like, larger cooking projects. And um, our mom was into it. My, my dad is not into food. He's someone who could, like, take a pill. For, and be totally happy. Yeah. yeah. And John so usually funny. eats garbage. So, like, he was easy <laughs> to get on board. Um, but it was this, it was mainly like we had the background in it. And this was mainly like a passion that we really pushed forward. So, you co founded the business with your sister, Emily. Talk about that. Like, is that something you always wanted to do together? Or did it kind of, how did it come about? Basically, I have been pushing her to do this for my entire life. Oh, interesting. And then you we moved got, across the country to jabber I, in the ribs. I yeah. have been waiting for this. And then, like, eventually, she was in a weakened state. She said, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. The, the, best, totally. the best way. Um, <laughs> but she eventually, we were kind of, like, both at points in our current jobs, and we were ready to leave. Emily was cooking, and I had been working at the Interval Center for, like, five years and was really ready for the next step. And I don't think we, either of us, anticipated doing it this early, um, but we were kind of at a point where it was like, eh, this could be a good time for it. Um, so we kind of started slowly working on it and we're like looking at a few different spaces in Burlington quickly realized that the commercial space in Burlington like you think it's hard finding an apartment but like that is really tough um and we had heard like through the grapevine that uh Benji was looking to sell the chubby muffin um and I don't know if you all have been in... The Chubby Muffin was essentially like a front for their catering operation, so the space is huge. Um, and like we obviously couldn't afford this massive building, so we uh, formed a real estate co-op to purchase the building with the help of Matt Crop, which I don't yeah, know. Matt is Matt. just... Yeah, he's amazing. An angel man. He's also so helpful. He's it's like, crazy how... like we could not have done this without Matt. And it's like just a passion of his. Mm -hmm. And he's a co-op enthusiast. So had you looked, like I definitely, I want to talk about 
the co-op, but it sounds like you had looked for commercial space in traditional leasing, you know, sort of contract and just were hitting a wall. Is that, when that was that accessibility, like affordability or just in general not having enough spaces? Well, I think like our whole thing, like we, neither of us wanted to lose everything in this business. Like it, you already don't make any money and it can be so taxing on your personal life. And so we really wanted to create a business where we can have a work-life balance and not like lose all savings in doing so, um, which also made it more difficult looking for commercial space because like fed up and just yeah, exactly facilities. So, so you approached Matt because you knew you this was a had you seen this model before? I'm just like it seems to be so novel to me. I'm just curious how you came about that. Well, okay, another shout out, Will Clavel. Will, Will Clavel and Matt uh, are, I mean, they the are best. like our guardian angels. Um, and I can't remember who had initially connected us with Matt, but we were looking, the Chubby Muffin we thought would be a great space, and it's two blocks away from my house. And um, we wanted to be in the old North End, and um, we saw a lot of potential in that spot. Um but obviously could not, like Benji had owned the entire building. So there's an apartment upstairs. Um, and then downstairs, there's like our dining area. And then like our first like main kitchen. And then behind that, there's a second kitchen. And then behind that, there's a 2,000 square foot two-story barn. What? Um, this is entirely wow. new information to me. Yeah. And so like, Obviously, we didn't need that much space. We didn't, um, couldn't afford that much, uh, like that large of a building. And so someone had connected us with Matt to talk about like different financing options. This was at the time that he was working to build another co-op, like full barrel co-op. Mm -hmm. um, so we had got connected with him and then that is like kind of how it all got wow. started. Well, that's so great. And did you start your business testing it? In, in a way that, like, how did you know to commit to that larger facility or financial commitment? Did you do pop-ups or did you? We didn't do pop-ups until we had committed on the building. I think the two of us were like, in hindsight, that was so Risky. dumb. Yeah. <laughs> what like, if they don't like my food, right? I think we were just like, well, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, we could adapt, <laughs> but... Looking back on it, I mean, it was so crazy when all that got started. Um, like, we raised the money to, well, I guess, or did you want to talk about, like, the makeup of the co-op? Yeah, please. Okay. So um, we had connected with Matt, and basically we only really wanted to operate for breakfast and lunch. And so we had the idea of bringing a few different restaurants in, or food producers, um, and initially, we were talking about having it be an incubator kitchen, but then we realized that like that was just too much to manage. Um, but there is a great need for that. Mm -hmm. So, anyone out there looking to start an incubator? Um, but so we had like kind of start to put together a team of different businesses that we thought would fit well in the space. Um, we had connected with Maria because uh, she was looking. She was looking to maybe do breakfast and lunch, but like. The real bread and butter was going to be dinner and catering. And so 
Um, we had connected with her and then had connected with All Souls Tortilleria. And so it kind of worked out perfectly because while we're in service, Maria's staff didn't get there until later in the day, kind of like when we were cleaning up. But if they needed to get in there earlier, that whole second kitchen, they could be prepping in. And then All Souls kind of took over the first floor of that back barn. Mm -hmm. And that's where they have their flour tortilla production. Um, And so we kind of had put together the team and then basically had to raise the money. And so people could put in anywhere from $1,000 to $20,000. And you receive like a 6% on your return annually. Um, And, you know, real estate is really difficult to purchase in Burlington, as you all know, and I think people were really excited to kind of like have a stake in a property here, especially one that was like a community asset. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, it took like a couple of months. We um, raised the money to purchase. Right now we have like 75 different um, co-op members. And the thing that's great about that model, too, is you're like building it like there are now 75 people that are extremely invested in you succeeding. Um, so on top of just like being able to purchase the building, you like build in a fan base. Um, right. But, yeah. It's like was, crowdfund. Yeah. Exactly. Crowdfunding. Yep. Uh, so we had raised all of the money to purchase the building uh, the first week of March 2020. <laughs> oh my God. Great timing. It was really cool. Um, I didn't realize that timing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, like we had like a congrats, we did it party at the space like three days before. Oh, my God. And, okay, so you knew you had the space, and then from is that when you started doing the pop-up at your house? Well, not initially. So basically we had a completely different business plan uh, we were oh. going to do like kind of sit down breakfast and lunch, more of like a penny clue style. Mm-hmm. Um, and so COVID, like those first like three months um, when we had just raised all the money and were unsure of what was going to happen actually gave us a really like a lot of time to really think about how we could restructure the business. And one of the things that was nice about the timing was, like, for all of these restaurants that are completely dependent about on in-person dining, and then COVID hits, and, like, they have to kind of switch everything about their space and, like, the main like, way that they try make to money. Fit it exactly. Into a traditional in model these, like, new down. restrictions. Um, so for us, we could kind of go into it knowing what the restrictions were. And so we could adapt our business model based on like what would be allowed during COVID. Um, so there were like a few months where we were thinking about what different options could be. And we're like, we want something that is easy takeaway that we can have a small staff. Um, that's not going to be really expensive with like packaging. Um, and that we could still have a lot of creativity. Mm. Um, and so then we just, like, decide on sandwiches. But, like, that was not initially what we were going to do. I will say, though, it brought tons of joy to our little team during the COVID months when we were here and yeah. working. It'd be Abby, like, this is Phoebe the third would go out. Sandwich. I, yeah. I, oh, I put that together. Yeah, yeah. That together a while ago. Uh, the Yeah, and so then, like, to probably what we should have done a year earlier, started pop-ups. Mm. And we didn't have... Um, 
we had gotten like our home kitchen certified. Emily was listening, living with me at the, at that time. Um, so our kitchen was certified and we would like take orders for sandwich. We'd have like two different sandwiches and we would take orders like the day before. Um, and then we would spend that whole day prepping and the whole morning. Um, but again, there's like, you know, during COVID, we had four people living in our house and we have like massive Cambros and like all of this stuff that we needed to like make all of the sandwiches for the day. So like our fridge oh my was, God. Ins- awesome. it was absurd. And like our poor roommates, we were like, no one opened the fridge. Cause like <laughs> it, it was already, it's so hot, it's summer. Um, like anything that wasn't essential was out of the fridge. Oh. So like everyone just had like warm beer that entire summer. Um, it's so funny. I know. Mm. We we're like beer mm. on ice is actually kind of nice. <laughs> uh, but we, yeah, we'd take all the orders, prep in the morning. And then while Emily was prepping, I would just sit on our front porch with like a cooler and like hand them out to all the people who came to pick up their orders. Feels like yesterday. Does I know. It? I know. But it was such a, I mean, it seemed like it was popping every time I went to pick up a sandwich. And like, what a great way to, you know, get people excited. Well, I think also at that time, like, we were all so starved for social interaction. And so, like, anything that was, like, okay, where we're all It was out, permissible yeah, to eat and take, yeah, a, exactly. take a sandwich from the porch lady here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Poor lady. Yeah. Afraid hey, to leave my stoop. Um, talk about your customers. Like, what, what surprises you about them, or maybe who you thought would buy your sandwiches then, or actually your customers today? Were there any any surprises um, or learnings? Not really. So many surprises. I feel like we are so appreciative and like in love with all of our customers. They. <laughs> I mean, most of them we see every week. Like, I feel like most of the people who come in are regulars. Um, And that has been great. Like, over two years, like, you really get to know people. Um, I mean, you're kind of standoffish and tough to approach. Yeah, I can see that would be be tricky. Yeah, it's a real mean place to walk into. Um, But I think, like, our... I, I also feel like the vibe of our space, like all of our staff are really close. We don't really take anything seriously. And I feel like that like can create a very well Makes for a happy space. sandwich, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you need to have like good karma in your sandwich. Oh my God. If exactly the person's right. bummed out making your sandwich, angry, it's a angry sad sandwich. sandwich. Can yeah, totally, you're totally taste it. 100%. Sauce ends up in your shirt. Yeah. It's horrible. Um, so, Ab, let's talk about, like, okay, so you're in the space, you're cranking out sandwiches. Like, talk to us a little bit about your team. Like, you have such amazing people, many of them friends turned family. Like, did you approach your friends to work there? Did you try to hire employees and they became friends? Like, how have you built your team and have you had any challenges around hiring? Uh, well, so, initially, Emily and I thought we could do it just the two of us. Cute. <laughs> it was not. Um, and we, the like first day that we were open, um, we also didn't set up any of our POS system the right way, no. which was awesome. Um, and so there was no like, 
this many orders is allowed in this time period. And everything was just like reading as like available now. And it was just Emily and I. And like the, the operation minimum, you need three people. Yeah. And even three is tough, but you have to have three. And so like, did you guys watch The Bear? I watched one episode and it got me too stressed out. Yeah. So there's like an episode in The Bear, the most stressful episode that was Emily and I, like as soon as we saw it, we were like trigger warning that episode from our first day. (laughs) And we like went live and, you know, so thankful for all the support and friends who like really came out. But you're like, you're going to have to wait two hours for your Yeah. As soon as it went live, it was just like hundreds of tickets printing and it was just Emily and I. There's arugula everywhere. And we're, Emily was like, shut down the online store. Like, it was crazy. And, like, luckily, it was a gorgeous day. And people were, like, happy to wait outside. And I'm very appreciative for everyone who came. I love these stories. But it was nuts. Um, and so then, like, it a disaster. And so the next day, we were like, I don't know what we're going to do. And, like, my mom and uh, John were coming up for, like, the opening of the restaurant. And so for the first week, it was a a real family biz. Like, we had both of them on the line. Um, They are like, this is not exactly what we thought we were going to be doing. We thought we were going to just, like, sit at a table and watch you. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, mop. (laughs) Like, get in here. Um, But, like, we had – we needed them. And so, like, that first week – they were all just, like, employees, essentially. And so then we had, like, put out a call to find people. And um, our first employee, who were all just deeply obsessed with Jordan, had reached out to us. Um, and we had, like, a couple of people stodge the next week so we could, like, make it through service the next week. Um, and then we hired Jordan, who is just, like, for Emily and I, we were, like, she is perfect. she's the most amazing person then as we've grown um our good friend ellie was kind of looking to leave her job she was working at red hen um so i took her to st john's club gave her a couple gin and tonics and convinced her to quit and come work with us you know what that's where the real business people yeah that's really like love it that's amazing and since the team is small we've been like really lucky to be able to like really find the right people. Um, and, like, since Emily's left, like, our friend Tara is also in now, who's amazing. And they're, like, my entire social life. Like, they know everything about, like, about me. We all know about everyone else. There's, it's insane how close. They all slept those over sandwiches our. sandwiches could talk, right? I know, the stories they the tell. T- oh, my They God. all slept over our ho- my house, The like, couple weeks ago we just did a staff sleepover <laughs> love that not sick of each other yet never made a mega bed it's great <sighs> you're listening to start here a podcast from vermont center for emerging technologies vset is a public benefit corporation serving vermont businesses from start to scale we provide no cost strategic business advising for any business owner regardless of stage or industry as well as venture capital for early stage tech or tech-enabled businesses. You can find us online at vset.co. That's V-C-E-T dot C-O. 
If you like what you're hearing, please help us out and rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast today. Now, back to the show. Love it. Um, what other resources did, did you go out and use early on, either at the city that was helpful, were there banks, um, SBDC, did you have a business plan when you, when you set out to do this? Like Anything that our listeners might call upon as they think about a business? Um, I mean, for us, we like obviously had like a pretty lengthy business plan, and we had met with um, the small business. What's the rest of the acronym? Development Center. Yeah. At the Vermont SBDC. Yeah. Yeah, we had met with them. I mean, what was really helpful for us was um, talking with other restaurant owners in town, mm-hmm. and like, luckily, when I was working at the Intervell Center, worked with like a ton of different like chefs and food producers. So that was really helpful. Allison Gibson was amazing. Um, Honey Road and Gray J. Yeah. Like read through our whole business plan multiple times, like was really just so helpful working through everything. Um, And is still helpful. Uh, I think that's one thing that's nice about like, restaurants in Burlington is it doesn't feel competitive at all. Everyone's like really eager to see people succeed because they also want like new restaurants coming in. Right. Um, and like to this day, like all of the restaurant owners in town are so helpful. Like we ran out of dish soap the other day for like our dish machine, like texted like a few different people, had a whole gallon in like a matter of minutes. You could call us anytime. <laughs> Look you up. That, it's so true, though. I think, you know, people are afraid to ask for help, especially when there is a perception that it could be competitive. But I feel like more often than not, it's like, listen, I have this knowledge up there, and if someone else can use it, great. Like, that's so important. Um, so I'm really happy to hear that. That's awesome. Um, looking back, I mean, it sounds like you would have maybe altered the POS system day one. Is there anything else you would have done differently <laughs> Um, I don't know. I mean, I think like second fridge. Yeah, maybe a second fridge. Yeah. Uh, during the pop-ups, that would have been great. Um, I mean, like the model that we had, uh, like all of us, we were able to split all the construction costs. We split all utilities. We split all equipment, and so it was like a really cost-effective way for us to go in. Which I feel like a lot of the like big regrets would have been in like financial decisions, um, but we were like so fortunate to be able to like go into this in a more like financially responsible way. Um, I I don't know. Actually, you know what I would have done? We recently started closing. I guess it was like in October. Started closing on Saturdays, and I would have done that. <laughs> Why Saturday? Um, So we were only open Wednesday through Saturday, and then um, we switched to Tuesday to Friday. Uh, Well, it's a lunch, like yeah. yeah, I it was amazing. Like going in on a Saturday morning sucks. It's unheard of for the food biz to have Saturdays and Sundays. Our schedule is unheard. Like we are. It's Monday to Friday, and like. Monday to Friday, and we're done every day by 3. It's dreamy. Absolutely dreamy. So 
I mean, that's I love I love that, and and I think you guys have been really great about making the decisions that work well for you, and like knowing that you've built the relationships with your customers that they will come on a Tuesday instead of a Saturday to get their sandwich, right? Um, do you you know? Do you just make those decisions because it's best for you and your staff, or like how? Because that's all kind of a hard decision, right? Like to to close on Saturdays. Like, how do you make those big calls? I mean, our I there's like in general not really like a hierarchy at the restaurant, and if there was, like, I would be the lowest. I like <laughs> am constantly made fun of by everyone. Like, I they are. I am. The low, lowest. There's so many things in the restaurant that they're like, Abby's not allowed to touch that. Um, and That's a good leader, though, right? Like, that's knowing. It's important to know your, like, boundaries. and So, like, every decision that we make is, like, how's everyone going to feel about this? And, like, obviously, people were pumped to close on Saturday. And initially, we were a little bit nervous. But the one thing that was nice is there's not a lot of places that are open on Tuesdays. Just going to say, try yeah. to find a place to eat on a Tuesday now. And so it was ended up being great for us. Like, Tuesdays were or a huge day. Um, I need to remember that because I feel like in my head, I, I, still, self, yeah, like, I still think of you as closed on Tuesdays. All right, we're going in on Tuesday, Dave. Totally, love um, it. So kind of related to that, the whole Saturday thing, like obviously like, you know, the bear, we know how stressful it is to run a restaurant. It's like physically and mentally draining. Like how have you managed that for you and your staff? And like, do you feel like you've reached a sustainable place where you can kind of, you know, be happy and healthy here? Like what kind of strategies have you implemented to make sure that that happens? Um, I think... Like, there's some delegation that, like, made a lot of sense. So, like, Emily was always just going to come in to, like, she only really wanted to do it for, like, two years. Mm -hmm. Um, And so once she left, like, now, like, being the sole owner, there's definitely, like, a lot more responsibility. Ellie had taken on a lot more of the kitchen management, which was great, and ordering. Um... But, you know, like, as we get more popular, like, there's a lot more catering orders coming in. There's a lot more. So, like, right now, I'm definitely pretty busy in terms of, like, accounting and, like, email and all that fun so stuff. So you're busy after 3 o'clock then? Yeah. Um, but, again, I'm, like, I can sit, like, on my porch and just, like, be on my computer for, like, you know, a couple hours, which um, is not that bad. Uh, I feel, and it's not like stressful work, really. It's just kind of like, okay, so I'm either like doing something else dumb it's on my computer. you find accounting soothing because that's not so obvious to people. Uh, once I learned how to do it, it was soothing. Um, <laughs> how did you learn? Emily. Emily. <laughs> Emily Portman. We'll, we'll put her email. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> For all your accounting help. Yeah. That's awesome, though. Yeah, I mean, there has been, like, really stressful days and weeks. Um, but also, like, everyone is, like, extremely supportive and, like, will step up to kind of, like, ease the stress of someone else, which is amazing. And I think, like, at this point, since we're all so close, 
like they all know about like other stress that's happening in my life or we know like things that are going on and are able to like adapt to that, which is really great and can make like those moments feel a lot better. Nice to know you have a team that's got your back, right? Oh, yeah. Um, Huge. What's, uh, what's on the horizon or what's next for Poppy? I don't know. I mean, chilling here for a, a while. Thank God. Um, I, I think just like probably grow in terms of the amount that we're out able to put out each day because like we've been selling out and yeah I mean it's also is that a good thing or a bad thing I guess I don't know either way I feel weird about it um I don't like making it seem inaccessible I feel like that's something that like makes me really uncomfortable and I want people to be able to walk in and like be guaranteed especially if someone's like traveling that like there's always going to be something there um but at the same time, it's great in terms of, like, we don't have leftover product. Right. And so it's great to sell out. We also can leave early, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you've, like, hit the mark. We, there's not things that need to be thrown out. Uh, but it sucks, like, telling someone that you're sold out at, like, 1 o'clock. Um, on a Tuesday. On a on a of all days. All right, Sam. Eleven fifteen. We're there. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. And you also like you added breakfast, right? Like oh, once you had kind of been up and running for a bit. Yeah, we added breakfast. I mean, our breakfast is like very relaxed. Oh. It's um, which is pretty nice because we have to do a lot of prep at that time. Yeah. Um, but you've been able to sustain it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, awesome. we don't get a ton of breakfast orders, honestly, mm-hmm. and like. That's kind of nice. We can get, like, some people coming in, and it's, like, a little extra income while we can all kind of be focused on the amount of prep that we need to do. And how long did it—I mean, maybe you figured this out during the pop-up. I don't know, but, like, it really stresses me out thinking about, like, ordering for a restaurant. Like, to me, that's just, like, so far out of the realm of what I would—how much I would know— like how much to order, when, how long you can keep stuff, like what to order, like how do you figure that out? Um, well, like Emily had more experience with that, which was great initially. Um, I also, guess patterns emerge. Yeah, like you kind of generally know how much you'll go through. And it's like a lot, like we're placing orders every day. Um, and so you learn pretty quickly, like, okay, this is how much we need in a week. I think one of the benefits of working at the interval was like, and, like, working at some of the farms down there, like, really knowing all of the farmers and, like, you know, like, having codes to their walk-in. And so, like, I can just text one of them and, like, go, if we need extra food, it's really easy. Like, we buy as much produce as we can from them. Um, I love that. And so it's great. Uh, You're like, there's a radish emergency. I'm going to be there in 15 minutes. That has, that literally happened with radishes like three weeks ago. Why did you know that, Sam? I'm a spooky girl. And so Ellie's brother, Eric, owns Pitchfork Farm. And like, I've been friends with Eric for a long time, which was great. He was, I was like, I need radishes. He was like, back of the walk-in. And then he was like, can I get five meat cutes in exchange? I was like, sure, that's great. Barter it. I love it. That's so good. Um, Talking about the the Burlington or the regional food scene, um, what what trends do you see coming that maybe you see elsewhere 
that I don't know you're excited about? Um, I love uh, like I think something that like Poco is doing right now, like huge fans of Poco. They're oh, amazing. so good. Yeah. Um, and something like I love a changing menu. I yes. love like being able to like respond to what you have and things that you're excited about and being able to cook that. And so I feel like that like constant changing menu is something that like personally really excites me. Um, I also love a short menu. Yeah. Uh, Too many options is uh, information. As an operator, the- you like the short menu because you, you have recipe discipline, you know, at the order or is Both, it yeah, all too. That? Like okay. I feel like with a smaller menu, there's so much intention put into like what you're going to actually have on it. And so, and you're not going to like, you, there's, uh, you're not going to put something on that you're not pumped about. That's how I feel. Anytime I see a short menu, I'm like, oh, these people have their shit together. Yeah, like right, they're yeah, we're excited getting, We're not about getting this. the stuff they haven't sold or the. Totally. Or the same menu no they've duds. had for 20 years. No yeah. duds on a short menu. No. Um, so that I love. Oh, any sandwich failures? Any um, one million. What is the worst one that you most regret putting on your menu? Oh, they don't make the menu. Um, the ones that like we, oh, like you test them out. I got yeah. It. I mean, we're testing sandwiches out uh, once a week, probably, and I'd say maybe. 60% actually make it on the menu. So, Pretty good. So this brown bag of magic you brought us, are we guinea pigs for this, or is this like a on-the-menu item? No, that's on the menu. Do you believe I wouldn't it? Do you test believe it, Sam? I, I wouldn't yeah. test out on other people. You suffer yourself. Well, and my staff, I make them suffer too. <laughs> that's what they're there for, or right? just yeah. people that go by the front porch. Notice how she wasn't um, willing to admit what the fail- most failure yeah, no, was. Well, I mean, the only time the she hasn't kept eye contact with us. I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> it was kind of amazing. I put on sunglasses. Embarrassing. No, the I feel like the um, the, one, the things that have gone on the menu that we don't love. Um, it's mainly just because of the prep is annoying, mm. and so then they become like hated sandwiches. In our Less mind. happy sandwich. Yeah, you like, want a happy sandwich. Sam, we get asked the magic wand. Already? Moment here. Yeah, it's okay. gone by quick. And All right. Fortunately, I'm starting to get hungry again. And so. I know. Um, am I asking a question? Yes, oh, okay, Abby, if you had a magic wand and you could change one thing about Vermont instantly, what would you change? The weather. All right. I hate the winter. Just eliminate winter altogether. Eliminate it altogether. I don't care for changing seasons. Also, your hair looks phenomenal in the summer. You know, a little humidity with those curls. I I just want extreme heat on me at all times. I want sun, a little snake on a rock. Yep. All right. Okay. I love it. I love it. It's your magic wand. So when does that start? No hesitation. Um, we're gonna we're gonna see what we can do. All right. Yeah. We'll get back to you. Thank you for coming and sharing your journey to date with us. Um, this is Start Here a podcast sharing the stories of active aspiring and accidental entrepreneurs. The series is made possible by the Vermont Technology Council and Consolidated Communications. Thanks for listening, and let's go 